This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, good morning. It is actually Monday morning, 11.30 a.m., Wave 94, 94.1, and you're listening to Escape, Escape to Heaven. It's your right, actually, your inheritance, it's your privilege. Uh, Marcia Cardi, servant from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. Just want to bring a good word to you so that you know in the midst of all of the COVID and the despair and the weather and just so much climate change, uh, violence, so much going on, but you can literally escape. I want to go over today, the Lord put it on my heart, oh, that there's a word right there, heart, about the woman's seed and the heart of the woman's seed. Is it deceitfully wicked or is it pure like our creator? The heart is the center of our being. I mean, whatever spirit lives in our heart is manifested in the earth realm and will determine our eternal destination. God made us in his image perfect, but sin destroyed perfection, altered our being, and instead we became as Lucifer filled with iniquity. But this did not deter God's plan to rescue his image from sin and restore the original intent of his plan to have men rule as his representative on earth. This is why God breathed into man his own breath, the breath of life, because in essence, God himself would live through the image that he created on this earth and ensured that dominion from heaven would be executed on the earth or in the earth realm while God himself still lived in heaven. Um, Jesus, God, the word, fulfilled the plan and came to redeem that which is lost, that was lost rather, and that was man's rulership over the earth. Let's get started. Look at the Israelites. They're such a perfect example of interaction with the Lord. And let's see where we'll go with this. I want to start out with a heart that's turned away from God. How do you know it? How does it happen? First Kings, the 11th chapter, King Solomon loved, not like, loved many strange women the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Adamites, the Zidonians, the Hittites. And all of these were the nations which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go in to them, okay? Neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Now, 
that phrase means sexuality. It means intimacy, that you should not be intimate physically with these races. So it is important to note, sidebar, that the Lord created sexual activity to happen in marital covenant relationships. Why? Because that very act is the core of your heart cleaving to the heart of the individual that you're intimate with. And this is why the Lord said, do not go into them and you, and, and they don't come into you. But Solomon did it anyway. And uh, again, he fell in love with all of these women that were no longer, that were never honoring or serving God, the father, the creator. Solomon actually had 700 wives and princes and 300 concubines, and they turned his heart away, as God said they would, from God himself. And time passed when Solomon was old, uh, his wives turned his heart not just away from God, but to other gods. And he began to serve them as his wives did. His heart was not perfect with the Lord. His heart was not as the heart of David, his father. So how does a heart turn away? By your eyes looking, lusting, experimenting, with things that are against God. The strange wives, as the Lord had indicated, were not reconciled unto God. They were of another seed, another lineage. First Kings, the 11th chapter, 33rd verse, what is the fruits of a departed heart? Well, you will begin to worship as Solomon did, Ashtorah, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shemosh, the God is the God of Moabites and Milcom, the God of the children of Ammon. Now, all of these things were destructive to life. Some of them, uh, you would put babies on the altar and burn them alive. Some of them would take a virgin. They were all things that destroyed, honored the destruction of the image of God. And so that is the fruit of a departed heart. You no longer want to do that with his right in God's eyesight, as Solomon did. He no longer kept the statutes and judgments as David, his father, had. First Kings eleven thirty four. you will lose your inheritance when you depart, when your heart depart from the heart of God. And so here's what God said. I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hand. I will Allow him to be a prince all the days of his life for David, my son's sake, whom God himself did choose, who kept God's commandments and his statutes. But God said of Solomon or his lineage, I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it unto, listen to this, a servant, not even the bloodline of Solomon, but a servant of Solomon. God gave 10 tribes to Jeroboam. God is faithful because he could have just left it right there and David's lineage would have only lasted for a period of time. But God said, unto his son will I give one tribe, okay, that David, my son, may have a right, a light, always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen to put my name. And uh, 
But Jeroboam, he gave him the right to rule over all of Israel, told him if you would stay by my commandments, if you would obey me, I will be with you as I was with David. And he also mentioned that he would not afflict the seed of David forever. So our God has great mercy, great mercy towards us, those that are inclined to follow the way of the Lord. Um, a changing heart, Jeroboam, who was the servant of Solomon, was initially committed to God the Father because God the Father extended to him the same blessings and covenant that he extended to Solomon. But Solomon, uh, Jeroboam, as Solomon did, began to change. And where did he change? He changed in his heart. First Kings 12th chapter, 25th verse, it says, Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom will return to the house of David if I let them go to Jerusalem to conduct their sacrifice. The heart of the people will turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, which was Solomon's son, the king of Judah. And then they'll kill me and uh, go again back to the king of Judah. So basically, the spirit of fear, when you turn away from God, which is walking in faith, then it means you turn to fear. And fear then caused us to do other things, just as it did with Jeroboam. He then made two cows of gold. So then you'll begin to worship other things in the earth, such as your bank account or your health or your influence or your position in life. You'll start worshiping these things. Fear will move you from walking in faith and walking in what you yourself can make because he made the two calves of gold and said to the people, it's too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods. And then he lied, said these gods brought you out of the land of Egypt. So now fear has moved him to lying and from lying to idolatry. And then he put one in Bethel. He put one in Dan. And the Bible says this thing became a sin. So sin is progressive. It starts out very small. It could be, uh, oh, uh, you know, you're supposed to tithe and you don't tithe. You instead uh, give whatever you give. So that's just, it seems small because in your mind you're giving. But progressively, it will become sin as it did in this case. He began to, um, the people began to worship at the uh, calves. Uh, he, Jeroboam, he made houses of uh, groves is what they call where the people go and worship unto various gods and goddesses. He began to make priests, not of the Levites, but of the lowest of people. And then he ordained feasts similar to the feast that God had ordained for Israelites. Uh, and they were worshiping in Judah. So he didn't want them to go to Judah. So he made up a feast similarly and had them worship at Dan. And then in Bethel, the, the calf that he had placed in Bethel, he created his own imagination, another feast for them to worship. So now Jeroboam, the very servant that God gave the 10 tribes to, now he is operating in fear, lying, 
idolatry, iniquity, and his own imagination. As a result of doing that, departing like that, because now sin of the leader becomes sin of the nation, which means that they will suffer. Not only will the king suffer and the suffering that he received meant that he would no longer have anybody alive on the earth with his blood in their veins. And I'll read from first Kings 13 chapter 33rd verse. It says, after this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, but made again of the lowest of the people, priests of the high places, whosoever would, he consecrated them, not God, not Holy Spirit. This is man consecrating who he wants to consecrate. And then he himself became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became sin unto the house of Jeroboam to the point that it was cut off and will be utterly destroyed from the face of the earth. In the 14th chapter of 1 Kings, the consequences of sins actually happened. God said, but because you have done evil above all that were before you, you have gone and made these other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and you cast me behind you. Therefore, behold, I will bring evil unto the house of Jeroboam and will cut them off, the, even the one that pee against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will take away the remnant. I will take away the entire house of Jeroboam as a man take away dung until it is gone. And in the 15th chapter, the king that came after Jeroboam might have been Aza. He left not of Jeroboam, anybody that was related to him, anyone that had the breath in their body and they were related to Jeroboam, he killed them utterly. And he fulfilled the prophetic word that had been spoken by a prophet called Ahijah. So because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he sent and which he caused the entire nation of Israel to sin, God was moved to anger and uh, he was cut off. So this happened consistently with all of the kings following Jeroboam that went against the Lord and did not fulfill the statutes or cause Israel to sin. But we got to remember, we need to remember that sin started in the heart, in the heart. And how did it get in the heart? By the eyes. <laughs> the eyes started wandering away from the things of God, looking so we can be guilty as Jeroboam, Asa, Basha. We can be guilty of all of them, just like they were, if we allow first our eyes to wonder, then our imagination to go after the things that are not of God. I'm going back to the Bible, 1 Kings 16 chapter, and it came to pass when Azar began to reign. As soon as he sat on the throne, he slew all the house of Basha. So that's another king. And the same uh, curse that was pronounced against Jeroboam was also pronounced against Basha. Okay. And this was, I'm sorry, this was Zimri that destroyed all the house of Basha, according to the word of the Lord, that none of his kinsmen, none of his friends, 
any of them would survive. And what happened, it says, for all the sins of Basha and the sins of Elah, his son, it made Israel to sin because Israel went after vanity. Israel became filled with materialism, with who's better than who, who's the richest, who's most influential, and began to sin ridiculously. But guess what? Sin is contagious. In 1 Kings, the 14th chapter, Judah, which was ruled by Solomon and then by his son, Rehoboam, now that they're watching Jeroboam, who has the 10 tribes, and Rehoboam has Judah and also Benjamin uh, was near him. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord and provoked God to jealousy with their sins. Okay, because they committed more sins than all the fathers before them. They also built high places like they saw Jeroboam, the 10 tribes do, images and groves on every high hill under every green tree. And guess what else? They had sodomites. And in our world today, we call them gay or or homosexual or lesbian. So they had, that's not new. They had that way back in these days, in the days right after Solomon. So they did according to all the abominations of the nations with the Lord, which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel came out of the wilderness. The Lord told them, I'm casting all these giants and Nephilim uh, related and uh, idolatry and those worshiping the heavens and so forth. I'm casting all of them out, not because you're any better than they are, but because they refuse to acknowledge the creator or worship him. And yet here's Israel now doing the same thing of the nations that God cast out in order to allow them to enter into the promised land. It's important to note that the seed of the serpent was in the promised land, already positioned, already with nations that were very successful. But God fulfilling his promise even to Adam, the promise that I will restore you, the promise that he began to execute through the one lot that he selected for himself, Abraham, when he divided the nations upon mankind and released them to the fallen angels, which they began to worship even the more. But God was faithful. Amen. He kept his eye on the prize, which is to restore mankind to what he intended them to do. Sin is very difficult to come out of your heart once it's in. Once you have begun to do drugs or the strip clubs or, you know, all of the brashness of today, uh, loving those that we're not really supposed to be intimate with, but we're doing it anyway, uh, become liars, murderers. Um, once you do all these things, and even though here's Jesus offering you salvation, these things are difficult to come out of you. And that's why we need the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit in order to live holy today. Amen. So in First Kings, the 15th chapter, Azar did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David.
and he took away the sodomites out of the land. He removed all the idols. He even removed his mother uh, from being king because she had made an idol in a grove. And Azar destroyed her idol and burnt it by the brook Kidron. But all of the high places he did not remove. So even though his heart, personal heart, was perfect before the Lord, the heart of the nation was not perfect. Sin is difficult. It's almost impossible to move sin out of your heart. Sin becomes iniquity uh, with Ahab, the next king that came in, 16th chapter. Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Let's talk about Ahab. I believe, well, let's not go there. Ahab was the son of Omri, and it came to pass that it was nothing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, like Jeroboam, uh, you know, create, created the two calves and uh, created his own set of priests and he became a priest himself and just did all kind of wickedness. But Ahab took it to another level. He married the high priestess or priestess of Baal. He married Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, the king of the Sidonians. And he personally went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal. Uh, and he built it in Samaria. Ahab made a grove and he did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all of the kings of Israel before that were before him. So Ahab was so complete in his conversion to Baal till the entire nation worshiped Baal. And there became a moment where he really was fighting God. And so the prophet, I believe, Elijah, spoke to Ahab, said, look, you bring your gods, your, your prophets, your priests, and I'll bring myself, me by myself, and we will have a duel, your gods with an S and my one God. And so in First Kings 18 chapter, they met at Mount Carmel, and I've been at Mount Carmel personally, and I've actually been to those groves. I saw the grove of Pan, which is another god that was worshipped over in Israel. And Elijah came to the people and said, how long will you be halted between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Why? Because in their heart, they were double-minded. So we're learning more and more about the heart, how it controls what the seed does, even if it's the woman's seed. Then said Elijah unto the prophet, I'm only one, and you guys have 450 men. Let's take two bullocks, cut them apart. I'll, and and uh, we'll lay it on wood, put no fire. I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood, no fire. And we'll call on the God and see which one answer by fire. So you call on all your gods and I'll call on my one God. I'll call him, call him the name of my God. And we'll see whatever one sends the fire down. That's God. So at the end of it all, the Lord God 
the creator of heaven and earth, sent the fire down. The other gods never showed up. And uh, the 37th verse of the 18th chapter of First Kings, Elijah says, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou has turned their heart back again to you. Amen. Then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt, burnt sacrifice, the word, the wood, the stone, the dust, licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their face and said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. Amen. So there is at the end of that story, we know there's one God and in your heart, saints of God, unbelievers, those who's listening to me this morning and radio land, you have got to decide what are you going to do? If you want to escape to heaven, you cannot come to heaven with a heart after the world. You cannot come to heaven with the gods of this world in your heart. You have to release those gods and you must receive the one God, the true God, the mediator. Amen. First Timothy Second chapter says, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So that means we have to leave falsehoods. Remember what happened with Jeroboam. He started out the spirit of fear leaped in him. I'm going to lose the kingdom that God himself gave him. How could you lose it if God gave it to you? But he allowed fear to speak to him. And after fear, he began to come up with a way to hold on to the people. And that was idolatry. Amen. So who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth? He started out with a lie. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So we must leave the lies, leave idolatry, and run towards truth. God created a plan for all of us to be delivered from the slavery of sin. And Galatians, the third chapter says, in the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel even came about unto Abraham saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So God himself prophesied again. So then they which be of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Because why? We couldn't keep the law. <laughs> Being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hang on a tree. And why did he hang on the tree? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles and Gentiles are anyone that were not Israelites. So if you are not per your genetic DNA of the lineage of Abraham, then you are a Gentile. That means that you were existing on earth without a covenant with the creator of all things. Okay. So, but Jesus, <laughs> what he did, his obedience, 
allowed the blessing of Abraham to come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Wherefore then serve the law? So should we be, you know, subservient unto the law or should we be subservient unto the spirit? Because the law was added so that we could understand transgressions, that we were transgressing against the God of cre- of creation, the God of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth and of all things. And so the law was added so that even the woman's seed should come to the knowledge of truth so that they could come to the promise which was made that was ordained by angels in the hands of a mediator. And now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. So the law was actually our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, because without the law, we would not know that we were transgressing. And therefore we could be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we no longer need the schoolmaster law, because now we function under the Holy Spirit. We function now by faith. Okay. So in Galatians, the third chapter, verse number 26, it says, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And what is the promise? The reinstatement to the position of God's ambassador on earth. In Galatians, the fourth chapter, it says, even so we, when we are children, we're in bondage under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time comes, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the Lord, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And now because we can receive that adoption, God has sent forth the spirit of his son where into our hearts. (laughs) And now you and I could cry, Abba, Father. And that means we are no longer a servant but we are a son. And if we are a son, then we have, we are an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Amen. Through Abraham, through the faith that Abraham uh, kept intact. And in Revelations 20, in that millennium period, it says, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Why? Because they had not worshiped the beast. They had not worshiped the fallen gods. They had not worshiped the idols of this world, his image. They had not received the mark upon their forehead or in their hearts. But instead, they lived and ruled with Christ Jesus a thousand years. The prophetic word that God himself issued in the Garden of Eden when the serpent had beguiled both Adam and Eve, particularly Eve. And then Adam joined in with Eve of his own free will. That promise, that prophetic word. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion 
over the fish of the sea, over the fowl, over the earth, over the cattle, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created he him, male and female, created he them, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. So that blessing, that blessing, that prophetic word, this is why Jesus came, restoring the blessing upon mankind. You have listened to Escape to Heaven, and this is Servant Marcia, a child of the living King, joint heir with Jesus Christ. And if you have not accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, accept Him now. Please repeat after me. I confess with my mouth, And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, raised from the dead by the power of God. I have sinned against the Father. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I divorce myself from sin. I divorce myself from Satan and all of the influences of this world. And I commit, I allow the Holy Spirit to enter inside of me transform me give me a new heart and a new mind in jesus name i pray amen saints of god radio land thank you so much for allowing me to come to you today and remember it is our heart that will determine our destiny i pray upon you that you have a heart like the heart of jesus and that god take not his holy spirit away from you jesus name i pray Amen. Amen. God bless you. Bye. Anybody want to see you love?